Welcome everyone to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to be talking about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 4, Episode 10. It's called The Loss. So full spoilers for the episode as always, and as we previewed last time, this is an episode about Deanna Troy losing her empath abilities. Uh, well, it's also the ship's going through a little bit of a crisis that's somewhat related to it, but that's that's definitely the A-plot. The A-plot is definitely Troy losing her abilities and how she deals with that. How she deals with that as a counsellor, how she deals with that as a as a betazoid. And before I get to the, the, the negatives, negatives of the episode, which we're definitely going to get to, <laughs> but I will say I appreciate the the aspirations of this, which is to look at this from multiple perspectives and say, well, from her perspective, she has just lost a sense. So it, you know, she even calls herself disabled at one point in this episode. And I'm like, you know what? I, I mean, I don't like to see where she says it. I don't think the script or, and especially her performance really has enough to make it land. But I do think that's an interesting thing to look at is like, okay, we see it as, well, she's just the same as, as humans now. So we're like, okay, you lost your special extra ability. Whoop to bloody do. Now you have to be like the rest of us, you know, schmucks. Uh, to, let me break out my violin. But at the same time, there's an interesting element to be asked here. Is like, oh, she's used to having extra extra ability. Uh, and we see how she copes with that, how other people react to it, how they how they talk about it. So I do, I do want to say that there is some aspirations here of looking at something purely science fiction from, from a different, like, at, like you know, because normally when a, that story tackles someone losing the ability to walk or losing, which isn't a sense, but it's the same kind of idea, or losing their, their eyesight or, or whatever, typically it's all put through the one perspective is you have the the people who are around that person and trying to treat them a certain way because they feel sympathy and they don't know how to like you know as she puts it in this episode walk around the eggshells that kind of thing and you maybe have it from the perspective of the person themselves who who are trying to deal with what their change is and how they cope with their rehabilitation this you know takes a science fiction element and sort of says well no this is an ability that we don't have so do we almost have a prejudice when we're like, ah, we don't give a shit? <laughs> you know, like even people who care about her, like Riker, you know, at one point in this episode calls her out and says, well, you kind of always had an advantage and now you're equal and you don't know how to deal with that. And kind of, kind of calls her out on, like, she's basically complaining that she doesn't have, you know, one up on him. And yeah. there's some interesting questions that I think are in there and there's definitely reasons why... I think this episode conceptually was was developed and what they wanted to do with it. Unfortunately, so much of this episode is Deanna Troy yelling at either Picard or Dr. Crusher about the fact that she can't do her thing anymore and how she's useless. And every single one of those scenes is painful to sit through. It is, it is. And honestly, one of the, the biggest failings of the episode for me is, you know, to, oh, yeah, the, the idea of, it's trying to make us overcome this this prejudice almost like, ah, well, she's just on equal footing. And I get that's the point it's supposed to make, that to her it's not just, oh, well, she's on equal footing now. It's, you know, she's lost something more than that. The episode never really sells me on that. So even by the end of it, I'm like, ah, well, you, you, you'll live, you know. Yeah, I guess, I don't know if it ever sold me beforehand that this was like such a, I don't know to say a crutch. I mean, because if we had this extra ability our whole lives, it wouldn't be a crutch. It would just be, we'd be used to having it there. We'd be mm. used to it being a part of our, our repertoire, but 
you know, she immediately gets quite antsy with people. At one point, Jordy says something, and it's not even aimed at her, it's not in a direction to her. He just says off, you know, off the cuff something about, oh, it's a shame we can't, you know, tell if this, this being out there is sentient. And she takes it personally. Well, I'm doing the best I can, Jordy. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. Leave me alone. Um, and, you know, it's funny because at one point she goes to Ted Forward and she goes to Gainan, who at this point in the episode, Troy's decides she's, 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 you know, stepping down as counsellor and she's going to leave Starfleet because she can no longer perform her duties. And Picard tries to talk her out of it under the basis that most of the ship's counsellors are human and don't have this ability. You actually still should theoretically be able to do this job. And it's funny because Guinan's like, well, I'm going to take over then because I'm kind of the de facto second counsellor being the bartender anyway, so I'm just going to kind of step up. And so I started thinking about like, you know what? I feel like I've seen way more scenes in the show at this point of people going to 10 forward and getting advice from Guinan and overcoming whatever like problem they're going through that I have them going to Troy. <laughs> no, I think it's true. Um, with <laughs> Troy specifically, I can only think of this, obviously, episode where we see you know, her with a, a patient. Is it patient? It uh, a, well, I mean... I don't know I, if that's the correct term or not. It might be. I guess everyone in the ship having to go to... But yeah, they're still patients. I mean, yeah, okay. it's a patient. Okay. And then, uh, what's his name? Uh, Broccoli. Hi, Broccoli. Yeah, thank you. Um, him. That, that, that's the only other time I can remember seeing, like, actual scenes of her at work as a counsellor, not just, you know being semi-useful on the bridge. Yeah, well, I vividly remember people going to get it. You know, I remember, you know, episodes where she gives Wesley like, dating advice, and I remember episodes where someone will be standing at that, that, that port window looking out at the stars, and she'll have some wisdom. I mean, even, even, even Worf's parents. Yeah! Gaiden's <laughs> a way better counsel than Troy. Yeah. She's way better. Yeah. Um, Speaking of, you, you mentioned Wesley there. Um, obviously, he was missing in this episode. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely, and, yes. And I did Google it because I felt I was like, they didn't address anything after last week's episode. And I went, and, and so I Googled it, and, and that was the last of, of Wesley as a, as a recurring character. He, he, I think he has an episode or two here or there down the line. Oh, yeah, but, you mean a regular character. Recurring is what he is now. Uh, sure. I mean, e- either way, it, it, I don't think he's even recurring anymore. He's, he shows up literally like once or twice in the entire show. It's, it's, that's a guest. All right, so At Tara best. lied to me then. I don't know. I'll I'll pull it up with a yeah. letter. Yeah, yeah. Don't complain, her. <laughs> Look, what do you want from me? I I was given information. I I I gave out the information, and I, you know, I wasn't even thinking v- about this. Verify your sources. I wasn't even thinking about it though when I was watching this. Uh, honestly, I I wasn't really until it occurred to me like quite late in that hey he's not been around and you know because you know Beverly's just there and no no one's mentioning anything, uh, so I was like. Did he leave? So I googled it, uh, and apparently he did. Hmm. Very odd. Um. So Troy is. We see her with this patient early in the episode. We see her again. Is this this patient who's lost lost her husband to in an accident at some point in the last like year, and she's having trouble coping with it, and she's been good good counselor. And the second time she sees her, this is where Troy's already lost her abilities. And she basically just halfway through the session says, Look, I'm going to be honest, I can't tell what you're feeling right now. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. And it, it made me think, like, how qualified are you to be a therapist? <laughs> like, it, it, does it all rely on your empath abilities? Can you not do anything via 
like the information that's, they're giving you that's what i was thinking as well i was like I, 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 you know, obviously I'm not a therapist. I've never received any therapist training, but I would assume they have to, you know, look at you know, body language, things like that. You know, try and read the person a bit more. Whereas, did, did she not do any training? She said, oh, it's fine. I'll be an empath. I got it covered. Yeah, I mean... It's a bit arrogant. Okay. Well, I mean, even Raker calls her on kind of her dismissal of her half-human side you know she she always kind of valued her betazoid side more and i think yeah aristocratic was the word he used that was yes but she she then pulled him up for later when she got her powers back but you know i i I feel like her scenes in this episode like they're trying to do certain things and i appreciate what they're attempting to do i really do right and there's the big moment at the end where she 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 senses that the beings we'll get to the, the subplot and what the beings are in a minute but she senses the beings of, of you know her home and it's kind of wrapping up that plot and then she has this big grin on her face and everyone looks at her and she's like yes i sensed it and it's maybe this big happy moment and i just couldn't give less of a shit <laughs> i just i just i don't know like I, we've always had a problem with them trying to you know show us that her job on this ship is important and the sad part is it's not so much that they have to show us that the empath abilities are useful we, we kind of make fun of that a lot but see if there actually was more examples of like what we get at the start of this episode or more specifically what we get with Gainin fairly frequently which is people actually going to her and her being there for people and helping them get through these issues because she should she could be a tool like a psychiatrist on the ship could be a tool to tell because this show tells a lot of stories that revolve around their characters reacting to big catastrophic things and what it means for their, you know, their life, whether it's Worf, whether it's Data, whoever. All of these things, like, you could use her as, like, a, a lens to, to sort of tell some of these stories, and they don't really do it that often. And They're, they're not actually interested in her being a counsellor, like, 95% of the time. They're interested in just her, you know, standing on the bridge going, yes, I sense this. Pretty much, it's, it's that, and she's a love interest for Riker. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I forget. I mean, credit for credit, she, I suppose. This is maybe her first, like, focused episode, which has not involved some sort of weird love interest of some kind. Uh, whether it's, like, an actual love interest or an alien baby entity or something. Like, they've, they've all had something like that. This, this one didn't have any of that. This was just purely yeah. about The only other one that comes to mind is maybe, like, the first one with her mother. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, yeah, I suppose that counts. But then again, her mother wouldn't shop about her meeting someone, so... I mean... The subject yeah, did, get, the, did get the, addressed. It did. Not quite the same, though. I Yeah. So, yeah. It was kind of a tedious... The, the main plot was tedious, honestly. And, I, I, I again, I appreciate what they were trying to do, but I, I just don't think that either... I don't think this character has been developed enough to actually pull off this plot. It, because so many great plots we get from Data, where Data has, time and time again, been given development and setting up the idea of what Data is, how he wants to feel like a human being, and how he doesn't actually get to achieve that. And there's been all these stories that have been told in various episodes. So when an episode comes along that kind of challenges it, and it makes him kind of reconsider how he processes the human side of him, or what he wants to be in a, or as a human, or, or so on and so on, it feels like it's coming after a long line of storytelling where it feels like it's really important to that character. It, so what I'm trying to say, I guess, here with this statement is that Deanna Troy, it isn't... Well, I don't think the actress, you know, Marina Sirtis is that great. 
I don't think that's the main problem here. I think the writers haven't serviced the character enough to actually give her something like this episode to for to really mean anything in the context of the whole show. Because let's be honest, they they favor certain characters. The writers in this show, like as as good as the show often is, it has kind of whiffed on the female characters. It just it kind of has. Like their focused episodes for the most part aren't that good. Um, I can, I, I like the Crusher one uh, where she's in the sort of the, the time bubble. Yeah, I liked it less, but it wasn't it wasn't a, a real character problem. Whereas this here is it, it's it's a fundamentally you know, flawed, not not flawed because that implies good writing. A uh, uh, failed character you know, is the problem here. Whereas that Crusher one was not. I just had the you know, I had some pacing issues. Yeah, it definitely favors some characters over others. And it's maybe a sign of the times. It's maybe a sign of like a, a very male writer's room and not knowing how to write the female characters and give them full plots like a lot of the male characters get. Mm. But it's definitely a factor. It's just something that I don't know if we've talked about too much, but now that we're four seasons in, we're, in, we're on to season four, we've had enough of the show behind us at this point. We're, um, a, yeah, we're, we're over halfway now, right? Uh, No, we're coming up on halfway. Okay, yeah. Halfway will be episode yeah, like yeah, twenty yeah. or so episode thirteen, sorry, of the season. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're almost halfway. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, so so we've got enough behind us now to kind of like look at what we've seen so far as a whole and say, okay, what what are and there's things that this show is so good at when when this show is tackling like a, a humane idea or it's tackling anything that gets Picard to give a speech, which is actually something that happens in this episode, is he tries to give a speech to Troy about someone he knew that was in a wheelchair, and she just and shuts she's him up. none of it. Yeah. <laughs> episode would have been, like, 10% better if we'd had him do a speech for 40 seconds and cut literally any other 40 seconds for it. And I appreciate the point as though it's not about him. And No, I, I get that. Like, that, that makes sense to me. Um, so, you know, I... I I, I think it's fair to say that you know, next generation uh, probably one of its biggest faults is the fact that it doesn't really have enough meat for its its female characters to actually have the episodes that a lot of the other characters do, um, and it's not even like I mean the one male character who obviously has a bit of a whiff for us would be Wesley, but all the other ones they all have strong episodes. They all have they do some more than others. Like I would say, Jordy doesn't get much. That's, really? that's fair. Jordy's probably has the least of them. But like he's had like one or two that I can think of that were, you know, all right. They were solid, yeah. but nothing, you know, nothing stand up, nothing on the level of Picard, Riker, you know, Data, Worf. All of those have had, you know, multiple, you know, good episodes. Yeah, those four definitely have had the best episodes in terms of the focus. On, obviously, there's been some great episodes that aren't focusing on any one character. There's episodes that are just, yeah, you know, just ensemble episodes, but um yeah so you know we'll call it, call it as we see it uh and I, th- I think a lot of this in this episode doesn't doesn't hit the way it should because they've not really i think established you know because if this if this had been a thing before where they'd kind of really set up that this is a crutch for her, or if they'd set up before like how important she is to the ship and what she does uh, yeah, but instead we've been cracking jokes for a long time since basically episode one <laughs> that her power is it's, it never really feels like it's actually that useful. There's maybe like two examples throughout the entire show so far that we've said, oh, that actually came useful in this episode. It actually was a, it, it pointed out like a trap or something that they didn't yeah, see coming. Yeah, usually it's just confirming people's suspicions anyway. Yeah, so 
No. I, I will say, though, as, as much as all of this is true, there are definitely some clunky elements just in this episode on its own right that I oh, think sure. would have bothered me, you know, regardless of, you know, if, if she was a better character or not. Like, there, there's some really ham-fisted, clunky dialogue to try and uh, thematically link the two plots, uh, which mm-hmm. I kind of absolutely hate her talking about how, oh, she feels 2D. You know, the world's not real. It's all two-dimensional and... Well, well I, yes, I get it. That, that's tied to the I, other plot. I, I will defend this slightly in the sense that she is only using this analogy because she already knows about the other plot. It's not like she just happens to say something like that that kind of links it thematically. She says this because she knows what they're talking about at this point. No, no, no I get that, but it's, it's in a yeah. completely unrelated scene where they're not talking about the actual, you know, ship-wide problem at all. It's just because it's on her mind and this is what's going on, yes. it's the first analogy but no, that but comes I, to mind for I, her. Yes, but I will appreciate that it is on her mind because she does know about it. It's not like no, no, there, there's definitely it's not examples. Completely random. I'm not. I'm not accusing it of that. But there's definitely episodes of maybe even this show, but certainly of other things where someone will say something that thematically ties into another plot that is so forced because there's no reason why they would ever say something like that. At least here, she says that she feels two dimensional because they, they were literally just discussing what the two dimensional no. beings were thinking. I agree. I just really, really hated the dialogue feeling. It just felt clunky anyway. Like, uh, like it was, it, it didn't come across to me as if, oh, the character was saying this because that's one on her mind. And I know, you know, you can justify it as that, but it felt, in the writing, it felt to me like they were telling the audience of, hey, look, this is how these two plots are thematically linked. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I get it. And I don't know, it was a bit much for me. Yeah, yeah, she, she's lost her third dimension, so now she's on a second, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, 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 the crisis plot, and this is also seems to be what's causing her her power loss. It never really explains it that much, other than the fact that when they leave at the end that she's got her powers back. Um, she says uh, she says um, it was so strong it overwhelmed her and short-circuited her, her, her powers, basically. Hmm. So basically there's a ca- weird anomalies, the ship starts being pulled, they can't really quite read anything, you know, Worf thought he saw something for a split second. It turns out the reason why they can't see anything at first, though, when they properly start to look, is because there's essentially a, a, a field of beings that are two-dimensional. So if they look at them head-on, they can't see them, because there's literally nothing to see from one angle. But once they actually... You know, there's a really good demonstration on the computer, uh, which goes on a bit too long. It feels like it's weird that no one's talking through it, but it just it's, but it's for us, so we can see that the ship... Once the camera goes up above the ship, we can see the beings appear... Once it goes back down to a horizontal view, we can't see them anymore. It's a nice visualization. Yeah, yeah. I feel like some talking over it just to make it f- blend more seamlessly. It, it, have them it react felt to it. like um, the the scientist explaining time travel on the on the whiteboard sort of scenes kind that you of, usually yeah. get in those movies. Just you know, a little bit jazzed up. And this is one of those things where the subplot is a little bit more interesting because it's like, oh, that's a fun idea. There's two dimensional beings and. How do we cope with this? And they they, they, they try redirecting because there's like a, a bigger threat that appears where they're they're being pulled towards this uh, cosmic string, which will, you know, destroy the ship. And the the beings are going there too, and they they try to redirect them by firing photons near them to redirect them. Doesn't work. They just fire photons directly into them, not knowing if this will even like negatively affect them. Like it might hurt them, it might not. They don't know. But he tries to kind save... of a dick move. Well, he tries to save one first, but then when that doesn't work, it's like, well, okay, we're going to die, so <laughs> fire yeah. into them. Uh, so, okay, the only option we have left is communication. Um, and this was maybe the other thing that was kind of weird about the episode, is that I'm not even sure how... 
I'm not sure how much Troy was actually that instrumental. Like, she happened to be the character in the scene that thought of, like, the thing that would help communicate or understand what they had to do. Um, but it didn't really feel like it was because of It, it didn't is. feel linked to anything in her arc in the episode. No. It just felt like, we'll give her the the, the idea, you know, just yeah. because it's her episode, rather than anything built up to a reason why she was the one who should have this idea. Yeah, so basically... They're they're actually going towards the the string because of a, like a, essentially a frequency, so they're going to like recreate the frequency from the ship so that it so that so it confuses them for a second and it'll break them away and then they can fly away and then obviously afterwards when this works Troy senses that they're actually they were going home like they were always meant to go here this is like going wherever they're supposed to be and happy happy ending. There's a couple of epilogue scenes as well uh, with her celebrating with others. I felt like it ended really weirdly as well. Like we we stopped and you know watched the ship fly away for what felt like quite a long time compared to normal. Uh, I mean, you don't even have to be that vague. It was literally twice as long. It was two shots instead of one. Well, you know, but even the shots themselves felt like it it, it sat on them longer. I didn't check the time, so just it just felt a lot longer as well in individual shots. Even even before it went on to the second shot, I thought it was taking a while. Well. Uh, it did take a while, but that's why I thought it was going to cut to something else. I was surprised when the second shot had the credit come up. Uh, mm. But it, it, it I, I don't, th- the second shot where the credit does come up doesn't actually take any longer than it normally does, though. There's just this one weird long shot in front of it for some reason. And I don't know if it's just a simple case of they were like 10 seconds short of the runtime and they had to, they had to like beef up somehow. Come on, give that's me an extra the, shot. That's the real ship. reason why they didn't edit down uh, that visualization too. Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe the whole thing was like a minute or two short, so they had to like beef up a couple of things here or there. Just, just uh, keep, keep that one going a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, it's a frustrating episode because I, I don't think it's a good episode. But I do at least see what they were trying to do, <laughs> which is... I see the point of it, and it succeeds in making me understand the point. It fails at successfully entertaining me with the point. Yeah. Um, and I want to reiterate, that the show's writers, as good as they are a lot of things, they're the reason why Troy, to a lot of people, and certainly us, is not that compelling a character. This is not an issue where she's written just as well as everyone else and then we have a problem with her anyway. This is a problem of her not actually having good material throughout the show thus far. And I suspect probably not for the rest of the show. Um, I'll be shocked if there's a sudden uptick from here. Yeah, the, the reputation I, I hear about Troy from the interwebs, which can be a very cruel and nasty, a mean-spirited place, uh, but does seem to indicate that, it, that this never really changes. So... You know, well, we'll see how it comes. We can hope it's better in other shows, right? Uh, worth mentioning, though, uh, the ensign that got named last episode is still there, next to Data on the bridge. I mean, someone's got to replace Wesley long term. Yeah, Allenby. Ensign Tess Allenby, according to IMDb. That, that, that the name? Okay. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to check to see how many episodes she's in. Oh, she's in three episodes total, so... Uh, so, so we got either one more or this was it. <laughs> Now we got one more. Although, okay, I did, I, just because uh, I, I remembered two of them doesn't mean there wasn't a third that I, I'd forgotten already. Yeah, but notably the third one is not until like three years later, so she comes back in like three seasons for an episode apparently. <laughs> Probably the same time Wesley shows back up. <laughs> so, uh, 
that's actually kind of funny to me that someone with such a small role ends up coming back that much later. Uh, but that's hey. the same character? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, there you go. That's the loss. So let's look ahead, see what's coming. Uh, in episode 11, it's called Data's Day. Okay. Guess whose episode this is? Data tries to comprehend the complex emotions between O'Brien and uh, Kiko, uh, who are about to be married. Uh, O'Brien's getting married? Oh. Okay, sure. That should be fun. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah there's... Uh, oh, even Picard's got his... Uh, his fancy... Or not his fancy dress, but his best... He's got like a different version of his uniform. Like a formal attire uh, version. Yeah. Dress, dress uniform, something. It's not. It's oh, not the same. A specific word for it. I, I only see his shoulders. Oh, maybe it is the same one we've seen before. Oh, actually, no. I think it's. I think it's maybe essentially the same one that we've seen him use in like, the first couple of seasons for a couple of times when he had, like, had an admiral in or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think it's just slightly been touched up because they touched up the uniforms in general. So I think it's okay, sure. same idea. I, but... I, I quite like that that suit. I think it looks uh, looks quite smart. Maybe it is the same. Maybe I just don't remember this gold ridge at the top. Maybe I just have forgotten that. But uh, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, so that's what's going on. Next time, let us know what you thought of this one. In the comments below. Hit the like button, of course. Uh, it's super useful and helpful to us, and a nice, easy, and free way to support us. You can also support us over at Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV for as little as one dollar per month to help keep all the content coming. And otherwise, uh, that is us. Catch us on Twitter at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. Keep watching Star Trek, and remember. When it comes to the ladies, somewhere out there, Wesley Crusher is in complete control. <laughs>